Hello and welcome back to Up The Villa podcast. If you're new to our channel, subscribe, drop this video a like and get involved in the comment sections like you always do. Goes off like a fan forum. You're all legends. Thank you very much. Right, so let's turn our attention now to Europa Conference League action and it's starting to get a little bit serious in the group stage now. We are edging into past the halfway stage of the group and wins are now crucial. And with the group shaping up like is, we've got two massive home games now where we really wanted to come in on the end of two wins, which would put us in great shape going into the last game, all in our own hands, top the group, job done. Forget about Europe until February time and then we can concentrate on the Premier League and you know, we're edging into a fixture list now where it's getting heavily congested. So this is the worst part for our squad. This is the worst part of, you know, the shape of fixtures. After December, if we get through, then it's sort of like a couple of games in Feb, get through, couple of games in March, whatever, and then it works out like that. So if we can manage this period really well, we're going to be in great shape. So we're going to have a look at the group. We're going to have a look at all the groups, see who's doing what. Then we've got my good friend, AVFC Scout, who has showcased some fantastic slides of the game that we saw in Alkmaar. And then we're going to have a good chat about, you know, what to expect and, and, and vice versa. So get involved in the comment section down below then. So let's have a look at Aston Villa's group then before we really go anywhere. We've got Legia Warsaw, top of the group on six points. Villa second on six points. Jurinski Mostar on three and Alkmaar on three. Now, Villa have got an important two games because for me, these two games will get us out of the group. Beat Alkmaar, we'll go on to nine points. Then we have a big crucial this would be the crucial game because I would imagine Legia Warsaw are going to beat Zerinsky at home. So we should both be on nine points. Villa beat Legia, we go on to 12. And then Legia play Alkmaar. So one or two of those will drop points. That'll be a tough game anyway for Legia. And then Villa do the job against Zerinsky Mostar and we top the group. So that's how I see it going. Is it going to be as routine as that? I would like to hope so. If we have a look at some of the other teams that then uh, that are in the groups, we've got Lille on seven points going well. We've got Ghent on seven points in Group B. We've got Zagreb not doing too great on three points there. Bruges on seven points. Besiktas only on one point in Group D. Group F, we've got Fiorentina. Genk on five points. That's that's a really close group. Group F um, is really close. And then we've got Group G. We've got Frankfurt on six points. PAA OK on nine. Aberdeen on one. Fenerbahce have won all of their games in their group. So you can kind of get a feel for who are doing well in their groups. But now I just want to um, take you back to uh, the Alkmaar game away and it was a real big performance, wasn't it, from Villa? It was a big away standout performance because we hadn't gone great guns, had we, in this competition. We were, were sort of... We hadn't 
performed that great. We we were poor at Legia. We had that last-minute winner against Mostar. So this was a real tester for the squad. It was our first real... You know, the, the Legia away game was big, but this was big because we'd had a problem in the first away game. And we sort of tweaked the system a little bit, didn't we? And I spoke yesterday about the away system and how Unai can just change odd players and make the system look slightly different. And this was one of those games. So if we go back to that lineup on paper, <clears throat> you'd look at it and think it doesn't look too dissimilar. But the position of Yuri Tielemans now... Before that, he came under massive, massive stick, didn't he? Huge amounts of stick before this game. And we'd seen him in different positions, hadn't we? We'd seen him in the double pivot as the, the, the deep line double pivot player. We'd seen him with in that system. We'd seen him with Louise. We'd seen him further forward and Kamara. We, so we'd seen him in a different variation but in this game, being in that 10 allowed him to actively become an attacking player, but also make up a three in the middle. Now, everybody says his best position is playing in a three. It's not playing in a two. And this game really saw the best out of Yuri Tielemans. And we'd got Leon Bailey playing out wide. He was actively our wide player. And it was a real standout performance and we played really, really well. Whatever Villa did in this game, Alkmaar had no answer for. If we wanted to chill and wait for the for Alkmaar to press, then we would play out from the back. If they pressed highly, then we would go long. So there was really different variations in this game and I really enjoyed watching us. It showed how fluid we were. It showed how much freedom we'd got. It showed how mature we were. And it was a real big performance from Aston Villa. And I really, really enjoyed it. We made changes. Carlos, Longley, they both played really well. And it was just a, a, such an enjoyable game to watch from an Aston Villa point of view. And one little point that I would like to make is that before that game, Yuri Tienemans was under massive, massive... Pressure, he was under massive, massive stick from the fan base. And one game and he played really well. So the same can be said for any single player in an Aston Villa side. <clears throat> if they are under pressure or they are getting stick, one game can change everything. So I'm looking at a player like Zaniolo. Patience. Patience is required, right? I can't reiterate how much patience is needed on certain players and this writing of players off after six or seven games. You know, just patience with them. Adaptation periods are needed. We saw Paul Torres getting massive amounts of stick and, you know, he's had to adapt to the Premier League and now we're starting to see the best out of Paul Torres. The same can be said about Zaniolo as well. So, you know, patience, patience, patience. Right, so let's get in there then. And let's have a little look at um, AVFC Scouts and the data that he's provided us uh, for this game then. So, they're currently third. Uh, they're 
sort of level on 26 points with Feyenoord's goal difference that is affecting them as well. So that's why they'll be in third place. Uh, we have got their predicted lineup 4231. Uh, Lado is expected to return to the starting lineup after suspension since losing to Villa. AZ have been in poor form. Uh, they were losing 2 1 at home to NEC before the match was abandoned in stoppage time. Pavlidis scored a goal, although the outcome hasn't been officially determined. I've listed as an L. Um, in the recent form table. On the weekend, AZ put in a disappointing performance, drawing 1-1 uh, with EXC. 23 Lado scored uh, the goal for AZ. Reading through the comments on AZ's Twitter feed, quite a few fans want the manager out. So there, there's a lot of discontent now within the fan base. And this is going to be a difficult game for Alkmaar because in the return leg, the vibe of the team, they, they tried a lot of things and it didn't work. They had no answers for Aston Villa. So coming to Villa Park, it's going to be a difficult, difficult game. And I imagine it's going to be a very reserved performance from Alkmaar because they know Aston Villa's threats. Um, and it was Mola Wolf who was speaking for... Alkmaar after the game and he was sort of saying that this is the best team he's ever played and whatever they tried didn't work and and it was a real good interview with Wolf and actually really like the left back Wolf I think he's he's quite attacking he can go into he can go into central areas he can go he can invert um, and then Sugawara on that right hand side as well he can sort of bomb on or he can invert and make up a back three as well. So, you know, they have still got some really dangerous players and I think they'll be coming to Villa Park to try and put in a performance, but I think Villa will be too strong for them. So we've got some images now of the game in the first leg. Well, well the first game. And it really shows Aston Villa's style. And when I spoke about earlier about Aston Villa's style in this game, this really highlights all the different styles that we've got. And hopefully this will give you a bigger picture and, and a real understanding of, of how we play away from home as well. So it's kind of like a 2.0 from yesterday's performance and you'll be able to see images as well. So defensive setup. So the early standoff really set the tone for the game and it was Villa who di dictated their will. The game plan from AZ was to stop the ball into central areas to limit transitions and space in behind. Number 9 and number 10 were clearly instructed to hold their position, blocking passes into Villa's pivot. The wingers were also narrow. Number 10 leads the AZ press. He was directing his teammates at one point during this standoff to actually stop the number 9 going forward. Martinez holds on to the ball for 35 seconds and Villa win the mental battle. AZ finally are drawn out. So this was that period where Villa were just chilling on the ball. Martinez trapped the ball, was waiting, waiting and waiting. And this is the beauty of us away from home with a nil-nil. Now, we, when it was nil-nil, the home team have to be the aggressor. And we've seen this so many times under Unai Emery that we'll wait. You could hear it in that game. The crowd were urging them to go forward. Eventually, they go forward. We pop it off and we're away. We revert back to Forest. 
we can't do this because if we are losing, we can't do this tactic because why are the opposition going to engage if they've got something to defend? So control away from home is so important to Aston Villa and, and that highlights it perfectly. As expected, AZ defensively fell into their two banks of four. Their line was a few yards deeper than usual. They were concerned about leaving space behind. So again, the threat of Villa in behind, whether it's Watkins, whether it's Bailey, offer that threat in behind with our pace. So you can see problems starting to occur for Alkmaar. But then this was a game in the league for Alkmaar, and you can see the different variations on how they set up against the team in the league to how they set up against Aston Villa. Defensively, AZ will fall back into two banks of four. They can be quite compact, allowing space out wide. In this example, they don't pressure the ball, allowing time and space to pick out a diagonal ball to the wide man. But here's the comparison. So look where they are defending this ball. Now, when they are defending the ball against Aston Villa, you can see how deep they are. They're, they're sort of on the edge of the D, aren't they? They're on the edge of the D of the 18-yard box, where in the league, they are five, six, seven, seven yards in front of where they were against Villa. So that sort of drop-off allows Villa to have that little bit more control and push them back. Now, their offensive setup when building from the back, AZ were dropping the eight into in the, the eight, the central midfielder between the centre backs. So you can see centre backs have been split, and number eight is actively dropping into that zone. They did this to give them an extra man in the initial build up phase versus Villa's front two. Uh, number two, the right back stepped inside in midfield as he likes to do. Number 18, the left back off screen was very attacking. So Wolf, very attacking. Uh, Sagawara coming inside and sort of making that little bit more of a central midfielder slash sort of inside centre back as well. So you can see that in this position here. So num number two has stepped inside uh, kind of to make part of uh, a midfield. Uh, then we have got here now uh, the long balls, 18. Uh, the left back was positioned high, which gave 16, the left central midfielder, space to drift into wide areas behind him. AZ were looking to play the ball over the top from this area all game. Villa's defence did very good job at holding the high line with Martinez sweeping behind. AZ were caught offside eight times. In the second half, the defensive setup. Villa's two-goal lead meant AZ had to change their game plan and press higher than they initially wanted to. This opened up the space in behind for Villa to run into. In this example, a superb long ball pass from Longley bypasses the AZ pass and, and leads to a Watkins goal. A second half build-up. In the second half, for the most part, the number eight stopped dropping into centre-backs into centre during the build-up. Instead, their left-back and right-back formed a back three. The left-centre midfielder, Mishnans, was replaced by Dantas, who formed the midfield two with Classy. Centre-back, Pentarara, was replaced by Martins Indy. And then the AZ goal, AZ were looking for the ball over the top all game and it eventually came off 
for their consolation goal. So you can see that one time they were able to break our line and score the goal that they did. So some really interesting stuff there, breakdown of, of what we saw from the last game. Potentially, they might be sitting a little bit deeper in this game. Um, and yeah, I mean, in that game, we played them offside numerous amounts of times against Nottingham Forest. We played them numerous amounts of times. So the high line is working pretty, pretty well this season, to be fair. And, and it's going to be an interesting game. If I had to gauge what I expect the game to go like, I think Villa will control majority amounts of possession. I think... I think it will be a reserved performance from Alkmaar. I, I think they are really struggling at the minute. And I think with what's going on with their manager and their, their performances and their form, they're not coming to Villa Park confident at all. And, you know, if I have to sort of talk about an early predicted lineup, I expect to see Longley, expect to see Carlos, expect to see Bailey. Um we're not sure what's going on with Duran. Apparently, it's a toe injury. I'm not too sure. But, you know, from what we've been told, it's a toe injury. So, it's an important game for Villa. It's an important game to get back on track. And we will see changes like we saw against them in the, the game that we just saw against Alkmaar. So, hopefully, Tielemans is going to play. Um, so, yeah, we're still in a good place. You know, if I had to have a final word on sort of the weekend as well and etc. I don't think it was that bad of a performance. Um, I, I think the performance was okay, but it, it you know it, it was the goals, wasn't it? It was the it was the the sloppy goals, and I imagine Uno is going to be working on that meticulous all week now, trying trying to get it right. Big. Big two games coming up this week. We've got Fulham as well, which is going to be absolutely huge. We're still in a good place in the league. But again, it highlights that we are far from the finished article. We've still got plenty of work to do. Uh, but, you know, we are still in the mix. And before the season started, I said I want to see Villa in sixth place in that mix all season. So, you know, we've had a bit of a setback, but it's how you react from that setback now. So, we react really well to setbacks under Unai, so it's important that we do the same. So, Villa fans, let me know your thoughts. Are you looking forward to the game? Are you going to the game? We will have fan cams for this game as well, so if you do want to come on the fan cams, you can come on, come and get involved. We will have a predicted lineup out tomorrow as well, so we'll go in-depth tactically, what I can expect from Villa, what, what I want Villa to look like, um, and... We'll see you all at the fan cams and hopefully we're talking about another three points in Europe. So thank you, everybody who's been enjoying our content. If you are new to the channel, you will have noticed that we upload a lot of content uh, with all different variations. Um, I'm all about different variations. I want to bring different aspects of it to you, whether it's match previews, where we look at the opposition teams, predicted lineups, where we look at our lineup and and tactically how we can exploit certain teams. We've got fan cams after the games. We've got opposition previews, which go in depth on the opposition teams. So, so sorry. We've got loads of different variations of content for you, and that's what I'm here to do. 
create different content for you guys to involve, which sparks conversation, and then you guys can all express your thoughts as well. So I kind of, on the channel, bring the topic, you take it elsewhere and chat away and whatever. So cheers, everyone. You know, you're all legends. If you are new, let's subscribe. Let's get to 15K by the end of the year. We get to 15k, that's a massive milestone. Massive. So, uh, yeah, cheers, everyone. Up the villa.